This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically-minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. The other night, I had a dream about Joko. I dreamt I was back uh, seeing her in Sashin in San Diego. Uh, and she looked the way she looked uh, 20-some years ago. Although I was there the way I am now, my age, and uh, as a teacher, visiting teacher. And it must have been the end of a sitting or a session because we were having um, some kind of closing ceremony or uh, question and answer. And it's curious, the question I answered, I was aware in the dream of trying to uh, ask it in a way that was going to be um, so very circumspect and diplomatic, because I knew she wasn't going to like this, but I was going to try to ask it, you know, in a way, see if I could get it by her. And I said... Um, Our Sangha now has got a lot of people who have been practicing for a, a long time. And that when people start out, usually after a few years, I think in the dream I said after five years, uh, they often will have some sense of... Uh, realization or something that makes them feel like uh, they've really uh, entered into this practice. But then for a lot of the people I said that were sitting there who've been sitting for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or more, um, it seems to me that they lose a sense of uh, direction and maybe drifting. And I've been wondering about whether or not for some of those people it might be a good idea to introduce koan study as a way to challenge them and keep them uh, on their toes and feel like they still have more to do and more to learn. And Joko just uh, gave me a kind of uh, wry smile uh, shook her head, no. <laughs> Didn't say a word, just no. <laughs> I should say there was something about the whole feeling of the dream that it was quite... Uh, Pleasant. It was very nice to see her again. 
regardless. And it seemed to be about a question that comes up about where are we going in our practice and how at any stage of this we can have a kind of uh, are we there yet kind of question. That gaining ideas uh, or notions of progress are very persistent. And that the challenge of practice is to find a way to keep it vital even when we no longer have any sense of trying to get something from it or trying to get somewhere through it. In a passage in uh, Dogen that we were reading uh, last week, he says that uh, the true way ought to be easy. Yet very few people seem to attain it. Which in a way is reminiscent of the... um, Gatha we just chanted where it says uh, this Dharma is rarely encountered even in hundreds of thousands, millions of ages, but now we can see it. There's something that's immediate and easy about our practice and something that is elusive and difficult. But when we ask what's difficult about our practice, what's the opposite of easy, I think it's where we can go astray in misunderstanding the nature of the difficulty. It's not the difficulty of winning a gold medal in the Olympics or solving Fermat's last theorem. It's not the difficulty of having a special talent or even making an extraordinary, if not superhuman, effort. The, the difficulty is more a matter of unease, the opposite of easy as unease, and unease as a sense of disquiet or separation within ourselves or within our lives that we don't know how to bridge, that we don't know the source of, and we don't quite know what the solution is.
Now our practice is about experiencing practice itself as the solution to that separation, that unease. Dogen speaks of the identity of practice and realization in that way. And yet it's, it's hard for us to trust, it's hard for us to settle into. Our practice asks us to really engage, you know, the question of what if this really was it? (laughs) (laughs) It's a strange kind of koan for most of us. So you could say practice is easy the way dying is easy. You know, everybody can do it. Nobody's going to miss. But it means being willing to just have the experience just as it is. It's like trying to understand what does it mean to go deeper into our practice. we can for a long time give a very self-centered answer to that question and think that it's about cultivating different states of consciousness, having a different kind of deep inner experience. And while that may be the byproduct of, of practice, that we will go through different kinds of consciousness as we sit. The deepening our practice, in a way, is not about inner experience at all. It's about the dropping off of that division between inner and outer, about between cultivating my experience versus feeling a sense of interconnection, interdependence, and interresponsibility. In that sense, we say that the deeper practice gets, the more superficial we become, the more we attend to the surface of things right in front of us. Soto practice, it's ritualized into the careful attention or mindfulness to, to detail, to order, to arrangement, to form. Not in order to get them right, but to sacramentalize them, to really see that the care and attention we give everything is how the depth of our practice manifests. So 
See, the other place where we struggle with the ease or unease of practice, particularly in lay practice, is how it fits into or with the rest of our life. There's a certain kind of non-separation that comes from a full-time monastic immersion in practice where practice and everyday life are identical because you're living in a pra- what is sort of declared to be a practice setting as if uh, all of life wasn't. But for lay practice, we can uh, fall into a sense of separation or dichotomy between the time in the zendo and the time out of the zendo and feel that there's a kind of tug of war there. How much time should I devote to sitting? How often should I come to the zendo? How much of my life is given over to practice? This practice in competition with the rest of my life in terms of uh, time and effort, money. And so one version of the healing of that separation is that when practice in our daily life really stop feeling so separate that they stop feeling in competition with one another. That's really, I think, the the task of deepening that goes with many, many years of sitting. (coughs) That we find a level which seems perfectly natural to us. And there is no particular content to that level. It's not quantitative. There's no way it should look. It just means that we're comfortable with However, practice manifests in our life, whether it manifests as coming to the zendo, picking up a stray piece of trash in the park, or just treating our family with a little more attention than kindness. So I take my dream as a kind of cautionary tale uh, about not at any level trying to bring back some notion of uh, progress in this practice, but rather to be aware of in what ways do we have any unease about the way practice is part of our life. What would it mean to really make our practice, as Dogen says, easy? <laughs>